All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, uh, Astros baseball is going on right now. I don't really expect there to be too many people on the live stream. Uh, last I saw, it was 2-1. It's still 2-1. Okay. If I seem a little distracted tonight, that's because I do have it on the TV. And, okay. You know. You might see me glancing up there a little too often. Uh, yeah, I wish I had a stream for the game. Um, yeah, Granky, uh, already out. Um, you guys can't get your pitching right this this series, it seems. Nope, and we're in one of those funks where we can't hit. So hopefully, you know, the Astros can get hot and they just start, you know, hitting and scoring runs. And then they just go ice cold this year and they lose – a lot in a row. So hope, hopefully, you know, about halfway through this game, they can get hot. Very least tomorrow night they can get hot and they can just go on one of their runs. Because if it doesn't happen here shortly, it's going to be a very, very short series. Uh, yeah, that'd be it'd be nice if if they can get the bats going. I, I would assume they get the bats going because I, I don't I can't see them going three games without the bats going. Just seems difficult to believe. I mean, they had they had times during the regular season where they couldn't beat anybody. Like they'd be playing the worst team in the entire league, and they just could not. They just couldn't win because their bats would just go cold. Um, and right now, it kind of seems like that's what's happened. Yeah, it does. Uh, well, prayers to the Astros. Uh, let's hope that they can get things going because I would hate to see uh, them go down three one right now. And then the next game is at Minute Maid, right? Uh, then there's one more game in Boston. Oof. Yeah. They better. They got to at least pull this one out. Yeah. Uh, it's all right. It, it's not. It's not fun right now. And I mean, this is our. This is our happy team. This is the. Uh, the one team in in Houston that seems to have it right. Currently, uh, I mean the Rockets. The Rockets are going to be say, so far. The, the Rockets. Rockets they're going to do the quickest rebuild ever. But they still haven't done it yet. They haven't done it yet, but they're definitely an intriguing team, Um, which unlike that, the the Texans, the Rockets are at least intriguing uh, because there's a lot of young talent, a lot of young talent, as opposed to the Texans, which a lot of old talent, which is what we're going to get into tonight. So, um, yeah, Uh, Aaron Wilson will be joining us at 915 uh, to – kind of talk about the some of the news that have been going on this week uh, i do think the rockets are going to be fun this year i agree paul um all right i think so, i mean the rockets what? may be the most fun team that we have in a while like as a rockets team i mean but it's still it's still to be seen well i think uh th- with the rockets for me and, and maybe it's just me. I'm not a I'm not a Rockets fan. I mean, I, I root for them when they're not playing the Lakers, and you know, I'll root for them if they're not playing the Lakers in the playoffs. But outside of that, um, that's about as far as my fandom goes. I probably watch the Rockets more than I watch the Lakers, um, only because they're on TV more often than the Lakers are for me. Um, but I think the thing with the Rockets this year that's the most intriguing is while last last season was the move on from James Harden. 
it was the move on from James Harden without like a real actual plan on what the roster and what everything's going to look like. Everything boiled down to what you got from Kevin Porter Jr. and and you know if any and Christian Wood and, and some of the young guys and you know whatever talent you have to build on. But now this year it's the arrival of Jalen Green, the chemistry with with Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, Silas being able to actually coach uh, and and build the offense the way that he actually wants to, how he wants to construct the offense, which he was not able to do last year. Um, I mean, he was after Harden, but with Harden, it just wasn't it wasn't what you expect expected from Steven Silas, at least in my opinion. So it's going to be fun to watch what the Rockets can do this year for sure. Um, outside of that, we had, uh, you know, some pretty boring football on, on Sunday um, against the Indianapolis Colts where the Texans lost by a lot, uh, scored three points. Uh, and then the big news this week is Whitney Merciless was cut. Andre Roberts was cut. Um, I do expect there to be more cuts here soon. I, I don't know about today, but I, I would assume in the coming weeks we'll see start to see more moves made um, as what the fans wanted is happening. Um, what, you know, the Jordans of the world, the Rivers of the world, us as well, is that the young Texans players are going to get a chance to play now. That's great, and Jonathan Grenard is a player, and he's turning into a player. So it makes sense to let Merck go now. You didn't really know what you had with the Grenard until the season really started. Um, but it is still – it sucks to see Whitney Mercer is gone in the sense of 10 years on the team, drafted by the Texans. Uh, first two seasons, really, you know, you thought maybe it was a bust. And then I don't know where he kind of puts it together. And, and I'm pretty sure he's the second all-time leading sack leader in yes. Texans organization. Yeah. Um, so it sucks to see Whitney go. Um, great guy, right? If anybody's ever met him, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful man. Meant a lot to Houston. Does, does I mean, he was at a fundraiser today because uh, they rebuilt a kitchen at a school in Houston. I mean, the day after the guy gets cut, he's still in Houston doing something that he was um, scheduled to do. I think that says a lot about who Whitney Merciless is as a as a player um, and as a person. Um, but end of an era for sure. Um, this one, uh, you know, everybody saw it coming. Definitely bad contract. Uh, wasn't going to be able to reach the expectations that came with that contract. It's just kind of what happens. Um, I think when he, I, I believe I said when we signed him that we were basically paying him for his past success and not paying him for what we expect to see from him moving forward. And, you know, when you do things like that, you know, this is, this is the kind of thing that happens, but all, all the, all the, you know, luck and blessings and everything to Whitney Merciless, because you did mean a lot to the city and have fun in Arizona with JJ and uh, Deandre. And um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll see you Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's – Merck is tough. I mean, I think you said it ver verbatim that they're not paying him for the future. They're paying him for the past when he signed that extension. And, I mean, the moment that they signed that extension, everybody said that that was a bad contract. Like, there was no debating that. It was a bad contract, which sucks because it puts us in this position where people are almost cheering that Merciless has been cut. 
Like people seem happy that he's been cut, which is a shame. Like it's the right move for the franchise. And I do get that, that part of fandom. Like we want the franchise to improve. And unfortunately, Merciless is one of those players that needed to go in order for the franchise to move forward. But Merciless is such a great guy. Like I've said it many times and I still stand by it that it's not JJ Watt. That's going to be the mayor of Houston one day. I really think it's Whitney Merciless. Like he's going to be a politician. I mean, just go listen to him speak. He's a true motivator. It's not this corny cheeseball bullshit. It's legitimate. It's heartfelt. It seems very sincere. He seems like a really great guy. And you know what? It sucks that you look at Twitter and people are happy that he's cut. And he shouldn't have been in that position because he was a good player for us for many, many years never did anything wrong, was really the epitome of when they talk about trying to build a culture. You just unfortunately can't play football at a high level anymore. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really what it boils down to. It's not, it's not too hard to really understand kind of what the, uh, what the you know, what was going on with Nick and, and why he made the decision. Um, but ultimately, I think, you know, it, it's just the right thing to do at this point. And, you know, it's just one of those things that, yeah, it, it sucks. Look, honestly, I, I I feel more bad about this than I do when we let JJ go. Um, not bad. I, I'm not necessarily feel bad, but it's just like, you know, JJ got to go and do his own thing. And, and Whitney says it's it was mutual and, you know, respect and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, like, it was just, uh, I don't know, it just felt different. Like, JJ was not JJ and you know Merck not Merck but he did have three sacks this year you know what I mean like yeah they weren't like the you know highlight reel type of sacks but they were sacks they were still productive um so yeah I don't know I mean it's weird but then that I mean part of the reason you feel bad or at least part of the reason I feel bad is just the timing of it like it's mid-season like he he isn't even able to make it till the end of the season like I don't know I just think he deserved better than that but I think, like he said, it was mutual. It was something that they both wanted. So, I mean, if, if a player wanted it, you know, no big deal. Um, all right. And then they also let go of a return specialist, pro, former Pro Bowl um, return guy, Andre Roberts. Andre Roberts is now gone. Um and yeah, I don't, there's not much time to spend on that. He's been awful since he's been here. He's muffed multiple pumps, punts. Um, he just hasn't been good. It, it really makes no mistake, and or, or really makes no difference whether he's there or somebody else is there. To be honest with you, you can replace that that production extremely easy. Um, it'll be interesting to see what young guy gets back there and has an opportunity to do returns because you know it's kind of what we're looking for. But outside of that, I don't really have much commentary on the Andre Roberts stuff. Just nice yeah. to see that Nick's willing to admit him, admit his mistake and kind of move on pretty quickly. No, it's there's nothing more to say about that. Um, he may have been a good player at one point, but he was never for us, so I don't really care. It was just time to move on. I mean, he what? I mean, it's not like he was even making good decisions. It's one thing that if he was back there and just catch the ball, take a knee knowing when to not, you know, try and advance the ball. And yeah, he wasn't even doing that. Like, so what else are you supposed to do? Yeah. Um, 
And then that's really about it this week. Uh, they signed the center, a rookie, undrafted rookie uh, center today. Um, if you guys want to know more about him, go find uh, Jordan's tweets. He has a, there's a pretty good breakdown of him. And a lot of people were saying he could have been a starting center for the Raiders. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, am I missing anything else? I think it's really about it outside of the Colts game, right? Yeah, so far. I mean, I guess we have to talk about the Colts game here in a minute. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, how can we kill time for for just a minute or two? Well, why don't you want? Well, let's at least get into it. We can pick it back up. Um, well, overall, what were your thoughts on the Colts game? That, I mean. Uh... The part that I would want that I would start with is actually probably the biggest, you know, rabbit hole to go down is I'm actually kind of amazed that all the hate that Davis Mills continued to get from a certain segment on Twitter. I I'm about at that point where I think that it's kind of tipped with him that he's going to be a quality NFL player. Mm. I wouldn't necessarily say that he's going to end up being a starter but he's, he's going to be around, I think, for a while. He's going to be one of those guys that that stays on a roster. He sh- he's shown improvement. He was kind of put in a no-win position. He's shown – he has shown enough of a little things that take a little bit to learn, like learning how to manipulate the pocket. He just needs to learn to go through his progressions and get more comfortable with the offense. And he also needs an offense to trust him to not put him in consistent third-and-long plays. Uh, just between, you know, the fact that we can't run the ball and we always have a penalty at the, on first or second down, like these are just not, this is not a positive game script for a quarterback. This is not a situation where it's going to be easy for him to throw. And honestly, our offensive line looks putrid. We have no running game and short of Brandon cooks. I'm not even sure we have another skill player that's worth even mentioning at this point. Nico had a pretty good game first game back. Maybe. I mean, maybe. What do you mean, maybe? What do you mean, maybe? He had he's only played two games, and then it's I know that's it. Really good catches, though. <laughs> he's, he's only he's only played two games. Um, so I mean, ah. maybe Nico. Like I can't I can't say anything yet, but I'm just but overall I'm just saying like the supporting cast around. Davis Mills is just absolutely uninterested in playing football. Like, I don't know a better way to put it. Like I know David Johnson is your boy, but he just absolutely, absolutely gave up on one of those pass blocking plays and got Davis killed. hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. And that was like his strongest suit was his pass blocking. So, you know, for a fact that it was an effort play because We've seen him pass protect, and he's probably the best pass protecting running back we have. Uh, really good. It looked like a willing blocker. And then in that in that specific play, uh, he just gave up. Um, yeah. I like I like Dr. OBGYN, Lorna Langora, and Carl Langora. Look, at that's like a plug. Like, they just got a plug. <laughs> that, that super smart. She fooled me. But make sure if you guys need OBGYN work, you guys go to Lorna Langoria and Carl Langoria. Uh, go see them. Davis Mills is going to be another Matt Schaub. Honestly, I think that that is a very, very, very spot on potential for Davis Mills. Because here, here's here's what I came into the show. Uh, re- actually, what I came away from the game thinking. 
And I've kind of teetered it back because I didn't want to be called a homer. I didn't want everybody coming down my throat. You said that about Savage, blah, blah, blah. I think Davis Mills is a quality starter in this league with the right play calling and the right coaching staff around him. I truly do. There are things that he does that you can't teach, and he does really he does it really well. Um, Matt Waldeman did a, a really good breakdown. It's about three or four plays. Um, but his ability to kind of escape the pocket, run out, he's not Deshaun, but in the sense that he still has enough to do it, and he was accurate while throwing on the run. Uh, he avoided a couple sacks in a way that, you know, you just wouldn't expect your prototypical uh, passer um, to, to be able to do. Um, I Honestly, I'm all on the Davis Mills train. And I know people kind of already knew that based on my tweets and some of the other things and people that know me enough know to read between the lines. There is no reason for Tyrod Taylor to start the rest of this season, in my opinion. And Dune, my buddy, Dune and Katie, you guys can follow him on Twitter, Dune underscore in underscore Katie, uh, pointed out a really, really made a really good point about the way that they're handling play calling um, and the development of Davis Mills. And that was the fact that they're just not giving him everything yet. They're letting him develop. They're, they're, they're taking it extremely slow with Davis Mills. They didn't throw the playbook at him. They have certain things that they're comfortable with that they want him to get better at. And as he gets better and as he develops, it looks like they're going to open certain things up to him. But I really like Davis Mills. I, I really do. I think given the amount of starts that this guy has had, I don't know why anybody that has watched him play can say that there's no reason to see what else you have with this kid before you go into the 2022 offseason. Well, you're right. I mean, here's one of the things that's kind of killing me is people are trying to, to trash Davis Mills and say, you know what? He's he's Case Keenum. He's Matt Schaub. Like, yep. Like, Matt Schaub's not insult. a bad cop. Yeah, like like those are insults. Like you get either one of those for for a third round pick for the careers that they ended up having. Like that's an absolute steal. Now, is that enough to win you a Super Bowl? No, not by themselves. Like they'll need they need a lot of help around them. But to have a quarterback that it will be competitive that gets you in a position while you rebuild the roster and not have to spend money or another draft pick on it and he's not going to be good enough to prevent you from going out and getting a guy that you truly believe is the guy but he's a solid quarterback and he'll keep you competitive here's the thing i think houston has one picture of case keenum and then james has another picture of case keenum i think case keenum is a guy for me i really do i don't think he's a guy you build around i don't think he's a guy you want as your starting quarterback I think he's in spots, which is where we've seen him most. He's okay, right? He's okay. He does enough, right? You can win with him. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with him, but you can win with him. Matt Schaub, on the other hand, is a totally – I think that's another tier of quarterbacks. Because Matt Schaub, while for those who weren't around during the Matt Schaub era or you came in at the end, Matt prime Matt Schaub was a top – 10 quarterback in this league with Kubiak and Andre and Arian. Well, 
as with the production, with the supporting staff and the, or supporting so, I, talent I, I, around. He had him. almost five thousand yards passing one season. Yeah, that's I mean, he led the league. That, that's he not led something the that league. a lot of quarterbacks have. Yeah, and he had arguably a Hall of Famer running back. Arguably, not an arguably, not, a definitive Aaron, Hall Aaron of Fame. Aaron is not a Hall of Fame caliber running back. His if, caliber. If well, when I say argue, or there's an argument for him not to actually go in the hall. That if he stayed healthy, that if he had a, a if his career had enough length, but that he was on that level, like peak Foster, um, top five running back in the league. Yeah, and then you have Andre Johnson, top five wide receiver. Owen Daniel, top ten tight end. An amazing offensive line that we truly took for granted. Would and you then say you top had, 10 tight end? Oh, Owen Daniels? Mm. Really? Really? No. Okay. No. Okay. No. That's a stretch. Maybe, maybe there's a little bit of, of, um, of battle red glasses going on here. <laughs> a lot, I, actually. I, I remember him being pretty, pretty good. He was good. Um, he was dependable. <laughs> what, what, was, uh, what was the old meme? Uh, snake dick. Good old snake dick. Yeah. <laughs> But, and I mean, we had a fantastic offensive line. And then there was a stretch there where we had a really good defense. And then Schaub wasn't going to blow it. Yeah. That's pretty much the best way to put it. When you have all that talent, he's going to take advantage of that talent. And he did. He did. And you can't, you can't fault him for it. And there's not a lot of quarterbacks that actually would. And he ended up leading the league in passing, which, again, you know, that's an accomplishment regardless of the uh, the supporting staff around him and the play callers he had, which he had great. Now, if you put Davis Mills two years from now when he's had a chance to develop, hopefully he continues to develop with that sort of situation. Maybe. And I think we'd all be, I think what would be all very happy with that. Now, am I going to go so far to say that Davis Mills will end up being peak Matt Schaub? I'm not going to go that far, but average Max Schaub peak case Keenum. I definitely think that that is in the realm of outcomes for him. Uh, I think he can be peak Matt Schaub. I, he, he might actually be a little bit better because uh, Matt Schaub was a freaking statue in the pocket. Yeah, um, that's fair. His, and that's the only reason I would say he could be a little bit better than Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub didn't have the strongest arm. Um, those outside throws weren't always you know, his best. Um, but he had enough to get the job done. And then when you add... I don't, I don't want to say mobility because I don't necessarily think it's mobility, but I guess it technically is. Davis has some mobility to his game. Um, and when you add that to it, I think it can be better than Matt. Um, and then you also just got to take into consideration. You're right. Like Matt had the perfect situation with the perfect coach for his style of, of football for, you know, the right players around him. You know, you had Kevin Walter who not a top 10, anything, not a top, probably 20 30 guy in the league but a guy that you could count on consistently um you had andre uh you know jacoby jones at time you had a a top 10 offensive line you just kind of had everything working together um and i think if you can do that which there's no reason to think that this team can't do that given what you're going to get back for deshaun watson where you're going to be picking next year um, I think it's going to be very hard. I think it'd be harder for Mills to fail than it would be for him to succeed. But I want to hit on Nathan's point because this is kind of where I'm at. 
I have more hope for Davis Mills than any of the quarterbacks in this next draft. Almost every quarterback in this draft needs a, a lot of development. And basically oh, yeah. what you'll be what you're going to be getting this year is Davis Mills, but the Davis Mills we've gotten the last, you know, the the first 2 weeks, right? Against the Browns and the Bills. Um the way that he's developing and the way he's looking, I just I I, you have to kind of – I mean, look, let's get to the end of the season. Let's see what he does. Let's see if he does um, develop. But, I mean, look, the people that are hating on Mills are the people that were – and I said this a couple weeks ago. The people hating on Mills are the people that don't want to be wrong about blasting Nick Casario for taking a quarterback in the third round. That's all. That's all it boils down to. If you listen to the telecast of the game on Sunday – they were basically eating out of Davis Mills' hand for the first half. They were shocked at how good the guy was playing. Um, and look, it didn't equate to points. I totally understand that, and I agree. Like as a starting quarterback, you have to put points on the board. But man, this play calling is just bad. I mean, bad. Add to the fact that you have the worst run game in the NFL. I don't know statistically. I, I don't know. So maybe that's a stretch. But based on what I have seen from other games I've watched this year, there is no way that the Texans have a better run game than any other 31 teams in the NFL. It is freaking awful, awful, awful. Um, so, you know, it's kind of hard. Like, how do you how do you tell your rookie quarterback to go out there and put points on the bar in the board? But you can't you can't get off on any runs. I mean, that's it, it's pathetic. No, I mean, it's honestly, we've put Davis Mills in a horrible, horrible spot. And other than Mark Ingram being a great character guy, I'm I'm struggling to figure, and I think we even said it last week, what, what are they doing that Scotty Phillips can't at least get a chance to try and do? Averaging less than three yards to carry, why can't he get a chance to try? Missing pass protection blocks, why can't he get a chance to try? Because you never know, you may... You may have something up, something with him. Like you just, you don't know until they actually get out there and get a chance to play because yeah, we are, we're not doing anything to help. None of them are doing anything to help the young quarterback, except maybe being a great cheerleader. Man, if Dr. OBGYN Lorna Longora and Carl Longora continue this, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to schedule an appointment for my daughter and do a UID. I don't know what to tell you, but this is (laughs) the shoes. She is right. She is right on point with every single take she has. Tim Kelly is putting Davis Mills in a no-win situation. He's playing with one hand behind his back, a hundred percent. I mean, that's exactly what it boils down to. Without the run game, we're not going to open up the pass game, and that's exactly right. Those two go hand in hand, and the run game is just so ineffective. So ineffective. I mean. I, I Scotty Phillips will not fix this run game. Just I'm no, gonna, oh, let everybody won't. know right now. Scotty Phillips may average the same yards. The only difference that you'll have with Scotty that you don't have with anybody else is the potential for broken tackles and, and yards after contact. That's probably the one area that he'll be able to add a, a different element to the run game. But um, it's going to be extremely hard for anybody to bring anything to this run game until that offensive line learns how to run block. The only, the only positive I would say for um, Scotty Phillips not being here right now is he can't get to, made to look bad by the 
by the offensive line. Because, yeah, I don't know if anybody's going to come in here and succeed, and that's about it. Because it's just it's a bad situation right now. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Uh, Jerome, thanks for the super chat, bro. Uh, do you think Tyrod, the Tyrod playbook will go back to week one? Was Kelly protecting Mills too much? Um, I mean, we've seen little sprinkles, right, of, of that same that same playbook. It just hasn't been as consistent as what we saw with Tyrod. Tim will throw a little he'll, – he'll wave his wand and call a nice play, and it'll look really good. Uh, but then we just won't see it again until, like, the following week. We'll see one every week, it seems like. Um, well, it's it's play de- It's not play design. Like, he's, he's doing a fine job of play design. Like, he's actually put together some pretty interesting things. The problem is play selection. He doesn't know when to call the right play. And with Tyrod, I don't know if they're giving him more freedom to audible out of it. And this is the discussion we actually we had with Deshaun a lot, too. Are, if he's going up and they, he's really going up to the line of scrimmage with three three play calls and he doesn't know which one to, to actually go with, if they're asking the same thing of Davis Mills, and that might have been the thing that Tyrod actually had. He goes up there with his three plays and he knows which one to roll with. And the other two guys just never did. And Deshaun, it didn't matter. He was going to make something out of nothing. And Davis isn't that sort of quarterback. He needs, he needs the play to be the right play. Whether or not that's him, choosing the play or Tim Kelly choosing the play. And I would assume it's Tim Kelly because, you know, Davis has made some changes though. There's been some, some audibles at the line. There's been some protection changes. I mean, he, he's doing something at the line. I I think he has a little bit of freedom, but I don't know if he has some Tyrod freedom. I don't know if he has the freedom Tyrod had, which that may be it. I mean, that's really my, what it all just boils down to because they are either not giving him the freedom or he has the freedom and he doesn't know how to use it yet. Yeah, uh, my, one of my favorites here, Reed Craig, um, literally one of my favorites of, that follows us and, and supports us, uh, says, outside of Carlos Hyde, did we have a running game to, uh, to when the phony, fake, wannabe, woke, sexual deviant was at our at quarterback? We First had of all, one, sol- one solid we, year of Lamar Miller. We did. We did. Um, and um, I'm in the process. This is going to be – this is great timing. This is perfect uh, – Perfect comment for me to announce that I am working on a Houston FB pod uh, NFT um, that I wanted to post here in a couple weeks. And it's an animation slash gif of an animated uh, Deshaun Watson laying on a massage table and air humping uh, while laying on the massage table. So that's being worked on as we speak. That's actually what I was messaging and typing earlier. Um, So uh, once that NFT is done, I'll definitely let everybody under, uh, know when and where they can uh, put their bids in on that. Um, but yeah, um, you want to quit on my city, buddy. We're going to remember you forever for what you did. So just just know somebody will own a uh, a piece oh, of man. your artwork. Um, and Reed, thank you for the, the cash. I appreciate you, bro. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, what needs to happen this offseason for this team to get? We'll get there in a little bit. We'll get there in a little bit. Um all right. Yeah. So I think, I think we touched on Davis. I, I don't know if Aaron's going to make it now. Um, I think I got the link to him a little late, so that's, that's on me, uh, not on Aaron. Uh, so I'll talk to him about next week, but um, outside of that, I guess on offense, Brandon cooks, you know, just the, you know, can, can I say it? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Replacing Deandre 
like it's nothing. Pretty close. Pretty close. I mean, pretty close. Dependability. Different... How about that? No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, take away complete... all that. Take away the completely different wide receiver. Take away the different bill. Take away the different, you know, strengths and weaknesses. Just talk about how if you needed something, who'd you go to when it was Deshaun and Nuck? You went to the I mean, Yeah. And Brandon seems to be that guy whenever we need it, and he seems to always come up with it. No, I mean Brandon Cooks. I he he's putting together a, a really, really solid season. He really, really is. Season. He really is. I know that's probably gonna hurt. Look, DeAndre is a better wide receiver. I'm not saying that he's not, but but Brandon Cooks has been just a really bright spot on this offense. I mean, the one thing that I would say that Cooks really can't replace Hopkins on is those just, you know, effort throws where you just kind of throw it in the vicinity and Hopkins would catch those. Um, Cooks has to have, well, granted, maybe it's just Cooks always has separation, but Cooks always. has to have a little, little bit of separation. But that, that may actually be more on Cooks, the fact that he can create that separation out of nothing. Well, let's just let's just go back. I mean, how many offensive pass interferences did we get with DeAndre? It was at least three a season or or so. Yeah. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he got called for OPI quite a bit. Brandon isn't pushing off; he's just running better routes. DeAndre was not an excellent route runner. Um, he just was physical and able to come up with the ball. But um, I know that that's probably going to be one of those things that that goes viral on Twitter, which is great. But um, <laughs> uh, I think it'll, it'll definitely be taken out of context a little bit, <laughs> but that's fine. Um, God, Jerome, you're killing it tonight, dude. Six ninety nine, you're the best, dude. Is the run game blocking as well as calling? We always just run it up the gut and stack box rather than run zones or RPOs. I'll let you take that one, John. Yes, <laughs> I mean, yes, they. So the strength of this offensive line, and it may have been the philosophy of of Bill O'Brien was to draft guys or go after guys that could pass block instead of run block. Um, my understanding, I've never played offensive line, but the difference between pass blocking and run blocking is it's easier to teach somebody how to run block versus pass block because run block is just more who wants it more. And the guys that pass block, there's usually a little bit more technique. However, watching this line, um, even though that was an offensive line coach that told me that, um, I think that there may be a mentality that our, our entire offensive line is just missing when it comes to run blocking. And when you're over-reliant on a bunch of pass blockers, all, all these guys are supposedly plus pass blockers. They look like plus pass blockers when they're healthy. Um, but I think because when you pass block, you're, you're pretty much catching your, your guy. Like you're waiting for him, you're reacting to him, and you're catching him, and you're you're pushing him out of the way, or whereas running blocking, you're hitting the guy, like you're loading up and you're hitting the guy, and to have nobody on the offensive line with that mentality to kind of load up and try and run somebody over, I think that's part of the reason why our run game's struggling so much. And then on top of it, like we have these huge, huge beast of guys like we have an sec offensive line like these are not ath these guys are not athletic marvels they're physical marvels like 
I don't think we had a single guy when everybody was healthy under 310 pounds, except for the center, like just big, big, big guys. Didn't have a lot. They don't have a lot of side to side athletic ability. So they can't really move in the way that you need them to move when you zone block. Cause usually teams that zone block, they are making up for a deficiency in size and power with athletic ability. Like you're getting a more athletic line. So we're in this situation where we have these big guys, these huge guys that aren't aggressive, that are just trying to catch their blockers and they aren't athletic. So we really can't do anything because they're not aggressive enough to run power, even if they have the size and physicality to do it. And they're not athletic enough to run zone where they don't have to necessarily be as aggressive, but they just don't have the athletic ability to do it because they're just big guys. Yeah, I would agree. Um, <clears throat> all right, I think it's enough with the offense. I, you know, I, I don't really think there's much. I mean, cut David Johnson. Uh, oh, here, cut Philip Lindsay, right? Right, cut Philip Lindsay. Am I the only one that that is banging that drum? I can't stand the guy. <laughs> he, he has he, he has absolutely no vision whatsoever. Um, and so yeah, I don't I don't see why uh, Philip Lindsay's still on the team. David Johnson's still on the team. Uh, oh, looks like Aaron Wilson is about to join. There we go. Aaron Wilson, Aaron Wilson, my friend. How you guys doing? What's going on, brother? How are you? I've been good, man. I'm a busy day. I've been checking on Whitney Merciless stuff and just finally leaving my house to go get some exercise. Thought I'd give you guys a call before I uh, hit the gym for a better late than never workout. Oh, man. We are blessed to have you on. We, we were able to, you were able to fit us in while in between going home and going to the gym. It's like your day never ends, dude. Every time I'm talking to you, you're doing something, <laughs> getting text yeah, messages. Really busy, man. You're always. You're always on the grind, always on the grind. Well, look, Whitney Merciless. So uh, you know, Hi, man. One, you know I know. I, look, I'm still, I'm, I'm still around. How about that? I love it. No, it's, I love it. Look, I, on this channel, there's, there's, there's only two people. Oh, I know what you're talking about. 100. Um, yeah. There's two people I always tell our listeners and followers to to watch for. It's Aaron Wilson, and, and then we always we always promote Big Sarge on here too. But you two are the go-to guys for everything Texans, in my opinion. Nobody is plugged in to the city of Houston when it comes to Texans news as Aaron Wilson. And Aaron, uh, you know, look, it's a pleasure to have you on. It's it's sad yeah, that this thanks. is the first okay. time, you know. No, we'll, we'll do it again. This is we're just getting started. Um, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll put our heads together on some business ideas. Who knows? There's uh, oh. there's all kind of possibilities out here in the uh, world of media, which is not just traditional media anymore. So that's a right. big world out there. People have to think big. That's right. It's all about the network. It's all about the network too. Um, so, so Aaron, let's talk a little bit about Whitney. You spent some time with them today. I mean, just, you know, obviously with, with him being cut, you know, it, I think a lot of people kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, Texans now one in five looking to get a little bit younger at certain positions. Um, you know, you were the one that broke the news as usual. I mean, you, you talked to him. Whitney seems to be doing okay. How yeah, you he's, where he's going? Yeah, I have a feel for it. And there's a lot of recruiters out there trying to get Whitney, including – Randall Cobb from the Green Bay Packers. I've heard Tampa Bay. You've seen on Twitter Jeff Allen and Sean Merriman. And Kansas City, 
you know, a lot of people in Kansas City feel like they're the leader in the clubhouse. They need him a lot. Frank Clark's played very poorly. I think Frank might get cut after this season. But Green Bay kind of has a last dance thing going on with Aaron Rodgers. That's an interesting situation. And, of course, Tom Brady, the GOAT. So some things to think about. Kansas City, a short hop from Houston. Patrick Mahomes and a defense that really needs him and a pass rusher-friendly scheme with Steve Spagnuolo would rejoin Tyron Matthew on the defense. They could really use Whitney. They've got Mike Dana, Frank Clark. It's not very dynamic. Whitney would play a lot for them. Green Bay with the injury to Zedarius Smith, he would help them. Tampa Bay's a lot of injuries on defense. They are the defending champs. I don't think he could go wrong with any of those situations. And he's got some good people, you know, making their respective pitches, not just the teams, but some current and former players. That yeah. And that, that's kind of an underrated aspect of this. I'll give you an example. Some players, I don't want to mention their names, but the Stephen Gil- the players could be the best reporters in the business if they were so interested in breaking stories. If they, you know, didn't sort of live by the player code, those guys know everything. They're on the phone all day talking with players from other teams. It's very interesting to me how much information the players have about what's going on with these other teams. They know it all. Stephen Gilmore, was our Stephon Gilmore? Yep. A bunch of players all over the league knew that way before any of the insiders. So kudos to the players. They are the best gossips in the NFL. Wow. Interesting. You know, I, when I think of Whitney in green Bay, I think a situational pass rusher, which is, is kind of what he's, he's really turned into a little bit more later in his career. Uh, not at every down guy. It's really kind of the perfect situation for him. Uh, he talked about going to a championship t- uh, contender. I think green Bay is a really good match. Is there any chance at all that he reunites with JJ Watt and Deandre Hopkins in Arizona? They are not one of the contenders. Good to, know. Good to know. I've listed them all. Wow. I think Chargers are not as hot and heavy as Kansas City and Green Bay and okay. Tampa Bay. Okay. Uh, and then say, I mean, it always could be a surprise team, but a little bit of a Whitney Merciless sweepstakes going on here. No, it's nice to see. I'm glad that he's receiving the love he deserves. You know, he's, he's yeah, great. yeah, good guy, man. He's the best. And it, exactly, you know, he he handled. The release so well. I had a lot of people from the Texans talking to me about that, saying, "This guy, wow, you know, not surprised, but just the way he handled it, just, he took the high road, and it was just very genuine." Because, as he said, the Texans are a rebuild, and he doesn't fit into that. He's an older player, and he makes a lot of money. I know that they're not saving any money, except for you know the offset he signs with another team. So. No, we'll see what happens. I think the Texans may have even thought of that. Well, and it's not really about the money, but just the fact is he could get another job, and he should. He's got three sacks. Yeah. He could help somebody. Yeah, absolutely. He's got one less than John Grenard, and I think for any Texans fans are like, well, what are we doing? You know, this is bad. Well, yes and no. If you think about it like this, John Grenard's emergence, that's probably the best thing happening on this shoot. On the whole team? 100%. Right now? Like, can you think of a, I don't know, you tell me. No. Is there a situation on the team that you're like, wow, here's a draft pick on his second year and he's really doing it and 
you know, he does it the right way. He plays the game tough, hard and fast. He's uh, got good moves. What he does seems to be sustainable. It's not just like a, you know, one trick. He's not just a speed rusher. He's got power. He's got, you know, some things that seem like they're going to keep working and he's going to keep, you know, obviously trying and working hard and trying to get better as a player. He's hungry. And I know that from talking to him uh, last week in a one-on-one and I really feel like there's not a lot else happening. You know, Farrell Brown, that could have been something, but they didn't sustain it. The running game, not there. Brandon Cooks, obviously, we knew how good Brandon was. He had a great year last year. But, you know, what's good that's happening with the team? No. There's not it, a lot, obviously, because no. they're not winning. But he's probably one of the only things that's, that I could say legitimately, and it's not a stretch to say, hey, John Grenard, that's pretty good. Yeah, 100%. We, we, I mean, everybody at Texans Unfiltered and all the listeners and followers, they're all very well aware of Jonathan Grenard. We interviewed him uh, during rookie camp last year. We did a film analysis with him. He actually was really funny. He, he hopped out of practice and hopped in his car without a shirt on and just did a YouTube stream without a shirt on talking to us, breaking down film. It was hilarious. Um, I mean, John Grenard is, is definitely the bright spot on defense. Nico Collins is, is somebody that, um, Definitely, it, it has a lot of potential, and and something that something that we want to uh, we definitely want to we'll keep an eye on. But yeah, the only bright spot really from draft classes and anything that we've seen so far is, is Jonathan Grenard. So you're 100 percent right. Um, so are we? Should we? I mean, we we cut on or they cut Andre Roberts? Anything else coming down the pipe? You think here in the next week or two? I mean, I think now with where the Texans are at in the season. Um, there's got to be some small other cuts. thing that I reported earlier. Somebody else took it from me later. I don't know who. I don't know if I'm going to mention their name, but they they, they magically confirmed it. It's funny how that works. Uh, Jimmy well, Morrissey. Say that again. Jimmy Morrissey. Oh, yep, the center. Former Burlesworth Trophy winner, Pitt football, seventh round pick. All academic guy, smart player, 47 game starter for Pitt. Interesting player. A little depth. That's yeah, what they absolutely. should be doing. Cherry, cherry picking practice squads, making stereo, looking for talented guys. Heard about them sniffing around a little bit about Kenny Willekist, pass rusher for the Vikings. Didn't pull the trigger on him, but they're looking at stuff. That's what I think they got to be doing. Free yeah. agency first now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially with where this roster is at, you're 100% right. Sniffing around all the practice squads, looking at some of the younger talent that could potentially be developed that have showed something in college, adding them to the roster and just kind of seeing where they're at. Um, I think a lot of people are wondering, is there any chance that David Johnson is cut by the end of the season? Or before the end of the season? I don't think he would do it this week. And he's also your third down back. Yep. I know he had a terrible game and acknowledged it today at a charity event. Charity, a school event with anti-bullying, great cause, uh, near and dear to David's heart. He was bullied growing up in Iowa. He said that the, he played badly, and I agree with him. It was a very bad game for him against the Colts. The pass protection was non-existent from him. I don't know if they'll come. Okay, okay. It's just All right. a, you know, like anybody can be cut. You know, he could get cut. Philip Lindsay. You could try to trade one of these guys. Zach Cunningham has lost his starting job. But it's out there now that he's got disciplinary issues, lateness is the issue. Yep. 
So there's a few things with him that affect his value. The big contract. It's hard. They're not trading Laramie. Laramie's on injured reserve. I don't think Laramie plays again this year. Those are some nuggets. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, well, you're about to work out. Let, let's, let's, let, we have to ask because it's just, it's the topic of, of the world. Uh, we, we have to get to, to this at least. Anything new with the Tashaun Watson stuff? Last I heard, um, you know, Nick and, and, and David and all them, they're all, they're all being, uh, you know, kind and, and patient and things of that <laughs> nature. But, you know, anything, do we expect it to happen this year, Aaron? I think he'll be on the Texans for this year because of the lack of clarity of the grand jury situation. If it's just the civil lawsuit, and obviously there's serious allegations, but the NFL is not going to take action because of lawsuit. It's about criminal complaints. That's what matters. And if the human trafficking division, if they choose to seek an indictment, and visually if you seek one, you can get one. That's how grand juries work. If the prosecutor decides to go for it, it could happen. There's no audio, video, or DNA evidence that we've heard about. I don't believe it exists. I think that, you know, Rusty Harden is a powerful attorney and would be a strong advocate for Deshaun if it ever did go to trial. Here's the timetable, though. If it was an indictment, he wouldn't go to trial in all likelihood until late next year. And he'll be on the commissioner's exempt list while he awaits that the outcome of the case, mm. which makes it very hard, if not impossible, to trade. And obviously, the value wouldn't be very good. Yeah, there's a small window here if you could somehow get someone to give you fair value now. But I can tell you this: you trade for him, and you intend to put him on the field exempt list. Boom. Hmm. So if you're the other team, does it make any sense to trade for him? I would say probably yeah. not. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and from from he everything, can't save the Dolphins, and should and should he even want to go to the Dolphins anymore? Yeah, right. Brian Flores might not even make you it through the season. No, they won't fire Flo. They believe no? in Flo, but I think okay. Carolina, Denver. I think he should be open minded about Philadelphia. Even though he doesn't want to play for them, but things can change. He's always been locked in on Miami. And has there – and so I guess two things before we let you go then. Uh, has Nick's price dropped at all? And two, with with where Miami's at, you're right. Deshaun is not fixing Miami. There's a lot of other issues no, within Miami right price. now. Okay, and there's well, that's a lot good. of fake news out there. I don't want to name names, but yep, yep. there's been a lot of fake news. And a lot of people getting people's hopes up whether you're a Deshaun Watson or whether you're the fans or whether you're the other team fans, nothing's happening. You can always change, but right now I can say nothing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of look, at the beginning of the season, there was one location. And that was Aaron Wilson hopping in on Texans Unfiltered, giving you a few nuggets, understanding where Whitney Merciless could be going a little bit more on some of the other roster moves that are being made. Jim Morrissey, the new center signed off the Raiders practice squad. And some nuggets here on Deshaun Watson, a kind of a timeline and a timetable for you guys to understand kind of what to expect from the Deshaun Watson trade and kind of the situation that's going on. Always, always good to catch up with Aaron Wilson. Always fun. A friend of mine. Good person to talk to. Probably more plugged in than anybody else when it comes to anything uh, related to the Texans. So 
Um, awesome to be able to catch up with him. We'll definitely do that again uh, in a couple of weeks, but probably right before the trade deadline. But make sure you guys give Aaron Wilson a follow on Twitter. Uh, definitely one of the best beat writers when it comes to the Texans. All right, with that being said, guys, uh, I know uh, unexpected end to the show, uh, just kind of the way things happen. Um, but Texans play the Cardinals this week. It's a Texans reunion. It's going to be interesting to see how all things work out. Obviously, this is a, a very tough matchup for the Texans going up against the Cardinals, who are undefeated. Uh, very high, uh, high, high potent, extremely potent offense. Um, things are really rolling for them over there in Arizona. So I expect uh, DeAndre to have a big game. I would expect JJ to probably be able to, you know, freestyle as much as he can, just so he can get some sacks, things of that nature. But uh, I don't expect this team to be able to compete with the with the Arizona Cardinals. I think Chandler Jones is probably going to get going pretty pretty quickly too. So that offensive line is going to definitely be tested this week. They've actually been really good against the uh, against the pass, uh, specifically against the pass rush. Um, and so this will be a big test. Might be the biggest test so far, especially without Laramie Tunsil and Justin Britt. So it's going to be interesting to see. But uh, with that being said, guys, enjoy your Texans this Sunday. Uh, I'm Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We'll catch you guys next week. Ha, 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 ha.